The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. biggest stories in the NBA still fucking terrible refing? These guys are jabronis. We get into the refing shenanigans that are afoot surrounding the Pacers, Celtics, and the Lakers-Raptors game. You gotta hear this quote from Darko. It is incredible. We also do a deep dive into the news around the league, including Draymond's return, the Bucks' defensive disaster, and Eric Spolstra's huge extension that happened on the heels of a big divorce. Congratulations to Spo, we get to keep all that money. Plus, a lot more. Get right into it, Anthony, and drop that motherfucking beat that should be Rihanna. Okay, can we just be done with all this reffing bullshit? That's the thing I'm fired out the uh, uh, fired up about today. The one big thing as it were all season long we've got the refs on some bullshit. Tossing Jokic for saying the B word. Why did I say the B word? Saying the word bitch. Why did I say the B word like I'm on an FCC? I say fuck all the time and it's like, "Oh, saying the B word." Blowing calls in crunch time, favoring one team over another. We got two huge stories though. Uh, from the past two days, and they both involve referees. Let's talk about the Celtics game first, because that one is uh, also egregious. Game on Monday night that was once again marred by shitty refing. Once again, the league came to the defense of their awful, no good, sad sack, terrible, mediocre, lazy refs. With 3.2 malicious, with 3.2 seconds left in a tie game, Jalen Brown drove into a triple team and was straight mugged by Buddy Heald. They called the foul, but here's the kicker. Rick Carlisle is uh, pocketing challenges like gold coins, so he throws the challenge, the little doo-doo-doo thing that they do with their finger, and the call gets reviewed, right? To the shock of everyone, including the Pacers, the call was reversed. No foul, despite very obvious evidence that our man Buddy Heald struck down Brown on the head. Splat! On the other end, Porzingis gets fouled for a touch foul, gets called for a touch foul on Ben Matherin, who then nails two free throws, and that was game. And the Celtics, if you might imagine, they have not calmed down since. No, they have not. Jalen Brown was irate, incensed, and I don't mean Nag Champa. I mean screaming, that's bullshit, 
while he was on the floor. He has not calmed down in the postgame either. He said, I think you obviously hit me in the head. I think we definitely need to do some investigation. That's all I'm going to say. He went up to the ref, James Williams, and asked if he saw Buddy hit him in the head. And he was like, nah, I didn't. <laughs> nope. Which only made things worse. He said, that's what pissed me off. Because I know I got hit in the head. And you see it on the replay. It's pretty obvious I got hit in the head. Then you look at me in my eye and tell me that you didn't see it. I think that needs to be investigated. You cost my team a game. And of course, I'm pissed about it. It was pretty obvious. I'm not going to lie. Like, seeing a man hit another man in the head is not something that you just can't see when it's on video. Buddy Heald tells Joel Missoula, hey, I fouled him. I did. Angels were on my side, he says, after the game. Missoula has not calmed down either, keeping those crazy eyes on peak. He says, I just can't wait to 4 o'clock, referring to um, the NBA's last two-minute report. I just can't wait for 4 o'clock. You know how bad it is? So even LeBron James, who has been doing the Lord's work, trying to get Darvin Ham fired, pouting, talking about how his son could actually play for the Lakers when he knows that his son, Bronny James, can barely play for the USC Trojans. And he knows that because he goes to every Trojan game where Bronny's getting like 15 minutes a game, averaging 4.7 points or something per game. I think it's like 6.7, but still, uh, for the effect, it's not much. So let's be real, Bron. Your son can't play for the Lakers. Anyway, he is... Wouldn't even wish Ricky Rubio a sincere retirement because he was all pissed off because they're losing games. He tweets about the game. See what I'm saying? JB clearly got hit in the back of the head. They reviewed the play just to reverse it and say he didn't. Man, what good-ass game to have an ending like that. And y'all see why I be going gorilla ape shit out there when it happens. He does go apeshit. LeBron absolutely loses his mind when a call is not called in his favor. So, okay. So, the NBA releases their final two-minute report. And, of course, because they are the mob, they say that there was no foul on the play. Even though they do say Porzingis' touch foul should have not been called. Probably should have gone to overtime. But the lengths, folks, that the league will go to cover up for their own to really just make a mockery of the sport. Bad refing, the bad refing is shocking. So can we please not have these refs in the mix anymore? Can we not have the refs be a major plot line this season? Because someone on Twitter did a little investigation. What do you think they found about James Williams? So James Williams is not only from Indiana, went to school at Indiana, and has shockingly refed a ton of Pacers games. Do you know what the Pacers record is? A team that's been in the dregs for a while now. Let's be honest. It's not We're not talking about peak LeBron James Miami Heat either. We're talking about the Pacers. Do you know what the Pacers record is when James Williams is refing on the floor? Just guess. 35 and 3. Are we serious? I don't even think the 73 and 9 Warriors had a 35 and 3 under one ref. That does not make the NBA does have to investigate. The Pacers, their past history should not be 35 and 3 against Muncie Central High. I I am telling you something is wrong. And if that 
isn't bad enough. That one ref scenario. We got another full-blown conspiracy on our hands, courtesy of our man, Darko Rozovic. Rahovic, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Rahovic. Rahovic. I think that's it. The Raptors lost to the Lakers last night. It was an awesome game. Very back and forth, very high scoring. Raptors were taking it to the Lakers. But they handed out, in the fourth quarter, 23 free throws to L.A. 23 free throws to the Lakers in the fourth quarter alone and just two to the Raptors. Do you think the head coach felt some kind of way about that? You're sure. What do you think he said? Probably something mild, meek, hey, we got to check these refs out here, something. No, it was an all-time epic rant you must hear. Here it is. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's 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 outrageous. What happened tonight? This is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees. Shame for the league to allow this. Twenty-three free throws for them, and we get two free throws in in the fourth quarter. Like how to play the game. I all, I understand uh, respect for all stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all star caliber player in this league? He goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get get uh, to the, to the rim without flopping and and not trying to get foul calls. He gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How's that possible? How are you gonna explain that, that that to me? They had to win tonight. If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. Coach, do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all that offensive foul? Did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over again, they got 36 free throws, 23 free throws in in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? Is this a, a one-off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot? It's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional, keep fighting, keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? This is incredible. I love Darko. I want to hear Darko talk about anything. It's giving me real 40-year-old virgin vibes. Uh, And I tell you what, uh, it was epic. Here's the context to Darko's meltdown. So Toronto went 10 for 10 from the field to close out the game. 12 for 12 if you count uh, the pair of baskets that got waived for offensive fouls. In other words, the Raptors offensively were perfect down the stretch. Still not could not close a one-point gap. Why? 23 free throws to two free throws. The disparity of the free throws were crazy. And when you play as well as Toronto did, I just don't think you should lose a game like this. I just don't think you should. The Lakers are widely seen as getting, let's be real, a very favorable whistle. LeBron James, any team he's on, very favorable whistle. Why? Because like he said, he goes ape shit whenever he doesn't get a call. 
I'm I'm curious. Is LeBron gonna weigh in on on this one too? Because I feel like he's very interested in refs fucking around and getting calls wrong. It feels like maybe this would be one he would want to get involved in also. Darko was furious at Ben Taylor and his team, and he did not hold back. By the way, Ben Taylor has had, he was the one that Fred Van Fleet was saying was fucking terrible. I think Ben Taylor has a grudge against the Toronto Raptors. Now the NBA has another roughing controversy on their hands, and as Jalen Brown said so poignantly, so classily, so perfectly, this shit's got to be investigated. And these fucking refs have to stop putting themselves into the spotlight before we all lose our damn mind. Let's move on. A lot of quick hitters to catch up. This midweek episode from the Heat Check, we start with a little update out of Brooklyn. So last week we talked a little bit about Ben Simmons. We noted that the Nets put out a release on December 20th that Ben was increasing his on-court work, and they would, they would update his status in two weeks. So, to my quick math on the calendar, it has been two weeks, and um, we have no updates on Ben Simmons and what's going on. It's been crickets over there in the Brooklyn organization. Nothing. He was last seen on November 6th when he had two points in 33 minutes in a four-point loss to the Bucks. Since then, we have seen no hide nor hair of Ben Simmons in a uniform. Lots of fit, fits for the league. Lots of, you know, sweaters, multicolored cardigans, lots of ice. You know, Ben Simmons is one of the best dressers in the league, but no Ben Simmons in a uniform. So to that I say, I mean, this is very incredibly sad. I've never seen a a player with a stranger career arc than Ben Simmons. I, I don't doubt that he does have those back problems. But, like, if you've got back issues and you also really don't want to be somewhere... The back issues are just tough to overcome. You're going to need to be 110% in order to feel comfortable to come back. Why? Because you probably don't want to be there anyway, right? And so if you don't really want to be there, then you got a little tweak, you got a little pain, you got a little soreness, and you're like, "Ah, I'm just not feeling up to it. I'm just not ready to go out there. The Nets won't even let us hear from him. They treat him like he's in witness protection. He's played 40% of his games as a Net. And it looks like that number is going to continue to shrink because he's obviously nowhere uh, close to seeing the court. I mean, it's just very bizarre. I'm not sure if we'll see him before the All-Star game. I don't think so. I mean, that's, what, a month from now? At that point, would anybody be shocked if he got shut down for the rest of the year because his team is going nowhere very fast? What is happening with Ben Simmons? Nobody's asking either. It's almost like we don't care. He's a lost cause. If, if Ben Simmons was playing to the caliber or the level that he was playing in the good times of Philly and then he was just shut down for months on end, we would be wondering where he is. But the fact that his production has gone down so severely, we think it's like a joke. We think Ben Simmons is just not even requiring an inquiry. We don't care. We don't care when he's coming back to the, port, the point of the court because he's not effective anymore. Just a a very unique player, a very unique arc. In his last game, he scored two points. He also had 15 rebounds and four assists, and he was a lockdown defensive player. And it's it's the way that Ben Simmons was marketed, really, that's the problem as a point guard, a guy that can score, a guy that's going to be an all-NBA caliber dude defensively and offensively, but he's not. He's a player that can help a team win. He's just not who we thought he was, and that's okay. From the sound of it, or I guess the lack of sound of it, It's going to be a long time before we see any Ben Simmons in a uniform again. All right, moving on. 
Draymond Green's back in the news uh, because after about three and a half weeks, he has been cleared by the league to come back. Woj has reported that next Monday at Memphis should be Draymond's return to hoops. Imagine being gone so long on a suspension, you have to recondition yourself to get there. And Draymond said, to be honest, he'd be fine to come back right away, but he didn't think that it was the right thing for the team, right thing for him. Maybe he injures himself. Maybe it's bad for the team's success, even though the team, let's be real, is dead already. But that's not really why he's in the news. He's in the news because he dropped this episode of the Draymond Green Show. It was the first thing I listened to yesterday, by the way. I woke up, opened my little eyes, and I went to the uh, good old YouTube and I watched the whole thing, all 51 minutes of it, all the entire breadth and detail of his suspension. Uh, you've probably seen viral, viral clips by now, like Steve Kerr and him out in the lawn of his house, crying, holding hands, kumbayaing, <laughs> listening to Enya, Nag Champa, something like that. He comes over. We had a good old cry. How Adam Silver talked him out of retiring, even though he's in the middle of this deal, which worth hundreds of millions of dollars, which is obviously false. The fact that he's upset that Kevin Durant said that he needed help. The fact that he was very butthurt by what Stephen A. said. So, interesting. Stephen A. does not believe that Draymond Green was ever close to retirement because he said, this brother Draymond Green thinks about his future every day and it's got dollar signs attached to it. Facts, facts. He's not turning down that money. Mostly, though, the interview was a fascinating look at how somebody who loves the limelight and says that they want to stay out of it is also devastated by it and yet still attracted to it like a moth to a flame. He will not stop making content. We know that from this big, long YouTube episode, he's got a big deal coming out with volume. I'm sure it took him a, a year and a half to concoct and figure out that deal. So I'm sure there's a lot of money on the line. I promise you, no matter how much his therapist tells him, hey, you should probably stop making content. He's not stopping making content. That deal is done. A lot of it, I think, the things that are dangerous to him and the issues and devastation can come from the stigma of having to ask for help. Not just like a, a male thing, but also like a from where he comes from kind of thing. And Draymond was very clear about that. He needed and needs help. He needed to talk to somebody. He's wanted to go to therapy, but was terrified about it. He was very clear about where he grew up in Saginaw. Asking for help was not really thought about. On that subject, Stephen A. said this about Draymond. Quote, as a black man, when you are confronted by the consequences of your own actions, it's one thing to be suspended. But when the label is therapy and that you need help and you think that narrative is being created about you, it hits you different. Stephen A. knows about this too because remember, he ended up getting fired from ESPN and he said he had to do a little soul searching himself, a little changing of his mindset uh, and getting past the patterns of his behavior from where he grew up too. But it's, it's hard to ask for help under even the best of circumstances. And when you grow up with re without resources in a culture that looks at therapy as weakness, when you get resources, even ones to, to seek help, to find someone to help you sort your shit out, which is, by the way, very expensive. You know, you can, it's like four or $500 per session sometimes for therapists, even just mediocre ones. So the resources are kind of a critical component to getting the help. But even when you have $100 million, I get it. 
hard to get the help that you need. Draymond's going to be back on the court. He promises no antics. How many days until we get antics? We move on. Just a few days ago, Giannis said this in his post game after another just terrible defensive performance by the Bucks. So he said this, we have to be better. We have to play better. We have to defend better. We have to trust one another better. We have to be coached better. Every single thing, everybody has to be better. Everybody. It starts, this is my best, my best part. It starts with the equipment manager. Have you ever heard those lines ever? It starts with the equipment manager. He has to wash our clothes better. Is there a stain? Is there a stain on Giannis's clothes that he shows up to the game and there's like a little piece of smudge on his jersey? Uh, the leaders, uh, he has to wash our clothes better. The bench has to be better. The leaders of the team have to be more vocal. We have to make more shots. We have to defend better. We have to get better strategy. We have to be better. We have four months to get better. So let's see. This boy's out. He's out. Isn't he? I don't think I don't think he's staying. I know he signed an extension, but I don't think he's staying. I don't think Dame's long for Milwaukee, and I don't think Giannis is long for Milwaukee. Honestly, can you blame them? There's so many better places out there in the United States to play basketball than Milwaukee, Wisconsin. No shade to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but big shade to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But let's go back to Giannis's comments. You called out the equipment manager? All the way from the equipment manager to the head coach. By the way, because this man was slandered, the Bucks equipment manager tweeted out a photo of Giannis's game jersey pristine, white, and clean. So he's like, listen, don't be calling me out for fucking washing your clothes. They can't be more pristine than they are right now. The Bucks clearly took that to heart because uh, the next day they played uh, the Jazz at home. What do you think happened there? Milwaukee showed their hearts of champions by getting blown out yet again, giving 77 points up in the first half to a team many people don't even know who's on that team outside of Laurie Marketing. They fell behind 30 in the game that they lost by 16 points. On Pride Night, God damn it, the Milwaukee Bucks, they have no pride, they have no shame. They lose to the Bucks, they lose to the fucking Houston Rockets. And I know Dame wasn't there in the game. He had personal eye, personal reasons, big eye emoji type stuff, like probably sorting stuff out. And we'll see. It's probably not good. Let's be honest. And that took someone off the floor with 119 defensive rating. So, you know, addition by subtraction to a degree defensively. But I'm starting to think Adrian Griffin doesn't know how to use his players defensively. That scheme that he has involves pressuring the ball well above the three-point line. But there's nobody on the team that can move their feet like Drew Holiday. Nobody. Dame is a turnstile, and he's trying his best. He is. His deflections are up. His steals are up. But he's he's a turnstile. Let's be honest. Drew's not there anymore. You got opposing point guards blown by the first point of contact, and then you've got the slow-footed defensive guys like Brooke, Giannis, Connaughton, Portis coming up way more exposed. Front of the rim, just easy blow-bys. Now Giannis and Lopez are too far away from the rim to do what they do best, protect it. Fans are clamoring for Marcus Smart or Alex Caruso. I'd be clamoring for Marcus Smart as well. But what does it cost to get either one of them? How does that put that team 
even further closer to contending. The Bucks are going to win a lot of games because they have Giannis and they have Dame. And they're both very world-class offensive dudes. But it's hard to see this team that's as composed making a deep run in the playoffs. I just don't see it. The last time I said that, though, they won the title. So let me just keep my comments to my goddamn self. The Bucks' inability to play defense will be a major story moving forward, and we're going to be keeping our eye closely upon it. Moving on, big news out of Miami, uh, where the Heat are surviving, not thriving. They are currently in fifth place, but they're one game out of ninth place, so they're basically in ninth place. Um, <laughs> that's how tight the East is. They're 21-15. and 15. That's a 48-win pace, which is pretty much what they do every year. 48 wins, 8 seed, 7 seed, sometimes 3 seed, sometimes 1 seed. And then, given the disaster of this offseason, that's pretty pretty good for Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat. Eric Spolster, one of the best coaches in the league, probably the best coach in the league, which is why Pat Riley decided to reward Spo with an eight-year, $120 million contract, making him the highest-paid coach in the NBA at $15 million per year. The man deserves it. He's taken a broken-down Heat roster to three Eastern Conference Finals. You had to roll out Max Struess. You had to roll out Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent came on the scene for Team Nigeria in Tokyo. That's when that guy might got a shine. You had Caleb Martin getting his shine. The only reason you like Caleb Martin is because he plays for the Heat. Let's be real. You got all kinds of randoms. Haywood Highsmith making their way. Nikola Jovic, he finds ways to turn water into wine. Two NBA finals that nobody saw coming. He's been to fi- the finals six times in 13 years. I think that's the best in the league. Pretty much. Given the nature of the league. What does this mean? Spoh's going to be around for a long ass time. He's pretty young, too. A lot younger than a guy like Greg Popovich. Since he took over in Miami, there have been 167 coaching changes in the NBA. And by the time his contract is over, that number's probably going to be closer to 300. He's the last man standing. He is the man who wins the Hunger Games. We talk a lot about heat culture, but that culture comes down really to two guys setting a tone. Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. Riley just made sure when he steps down, because he's 78, his legacy is going to continue through Spo. And I know that we, really quickly, this is a total aside, one thing that we like to talk about, and I like to talk about, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, Spolstra pulled himself up from his bootstraps. Yeah, he's a working class man. He worked his way up through the heat front office from a video coordinator job on the Blazers in rags to riches story. Let's be real. We have to say it every time we talk about Spo because it's like we're shining the truth on, on the matter. Eric Spolstra's a Nepo, baby. I'm going to say it. Yeah. His father, John Spolstra, GM of the Portland Trailblazers for 10 years. GM of the Nuggets and the Nets as well. So, yeah, you know that guy, that scrappy kid in the mailroom? His dad owns Paramount. Sorry, he's been tabbed. Like, you being in the mailroom and him being in the mailroom is not the same. You working in the mailroom, you're not going to become a head coach of an NBA team. Only the guys who have parents who have put them into the mailroom because they need their kid who's a Nepo baby to feel what it means to be in the trenches. Like, that's a, a lesson for them. You're not, you are two are not the same, okay? If you believe that, you're fucking out of your mind. We all remember Spolstra as the architect 
Eric Spolster's dad is the architect of the Sam Bowie debacle where the Blazers passed on Michael Jordan, greatest player of all time, in favor of a man who had already had catastrophic stress fractures that caused the man to miss an entire year, followed by another stress fracture, causing him to be in a cast, a cast for 44 weeks to miss another year. Yeah, the Spolster family. Thanks for taking a guy with catastrophic leg injuries instead of the guy who ended up being the greatest of all time. He missed 133 weeks due to injury over a guy who won a national championship on a last-second shot. But, you know, I'm not bitter or anything. I mean, it's kind of miraculous that the son of that guy is the greatest coach in the NBA, maybe one of the greatest of all times. Because, like, clearly his dad, (laughs) not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed in terms of talent evaluation. Maybe that's why Eric Spolster's so good. How do I turn dog shit players that my dad chooses and make them make them into somebody usable? I love Spolstra, but let's not act like this is some sort of rags to riches story. That being said, he completely, fully deserves this contract. He's the best coach in the NBA. He has been the best coach in the NBA for a long-ass time. Him getting extended means heat culture continues with its annoying, just absolutely inciting fan base and they will be alive and well for at least another decade and we will be beefing until the end of time and I like them too they just don't like me and you might be wondering about the timing of this news like really just January 10th we we get a we get Eric Spolstra announcements of a contract extension strange timing apparently the extension was delayed until after Eric Spolster's divorce was finalized, so fuck them hoes. Pat Riley, the original godfather, and Eric Spolster doing his best, Michael Corleone. That's all the time that we have for this episode of Heat Check. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episodes because we give you content every single day, despite whether I want to or not. Love talking to y'all, though. I really do. Check the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop every single day. Like the last leaf of fall, do not forget to follow the heat check all season long. That means download, subscribe, tell your friends, all of them. Even the neighbor from Lithuania who had a bottle of Krupnikos on every table at his wedding. Tell him, yo, get a fleet of Ubers. And also, Trista has a podcast called The Heat Check. It's an NBA podcast. Follow us on social at This Heat Check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Big shout out to my new producer, Anthony. And stealing a game against the Toronto Raptors because he's a Lakers fan. We'll see you next time.